All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And a lot to get to today. Uh, a lot going on in the world of sports, in the world of hockey, in the world in general. So, uh, it's something that we or I talked about not even a week ago. Uh, I believe it was episode 71 where we talked about the coronavirus and how it could touch sports. And that is happening right before our eyes. So we're going to talk about that. Talk about the Ranger game against the Avalanche. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, the Rangers coming to town to play the Avalanche uh, and how that game panned out. Uh and we're going to get to some well, Nathan McKinnon news a little bit more. Not too much new. We kind of know where it's going. But it could go hand-in-hand hand with this uh, coronavirus league suspension possibility thing. So, again, silver lining and everything. Um, and we're also going to take a look at some power rankings for the week. So, before we get to that, like we always do, follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow it on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions. If you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment, whatever's on your mind, send those to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com or through one of those social media outlets. You can get a hold of me on there as well. <clears throat> so, like I said, the thing that's kind of consuming not only the sports world, but just the world at large is this coronavirus pandemic now and it's a very serious thing uh you know people i'm not going to go into the you know what we should be doing what we shouldn't be doing other than wash your damn hands uh and if there are elderly people in your family uh make sure we're watching them closely seems to be going after them but you know nobody's immune to this obviously and it's a very serious thing and now the the sports world is kind of taking notice, and, and right before the Avalanche puck drop uh, last night, the NBA came out and stated that they would suspend their season. I had talked about this, like I said, not even a week ago. How weird would it be to see games played in an empty arena? It seemed like we were going down that road uh, for both NHL and NBA. It seemed like NBA was a little bit more... Uh, proactive in doing that than the NHL. I think because there's just a little bit more fan interaction, like hand-to-hand fan interaction in the NBA than there is in the NHL because of the glass partitions in the NHL. Uh, That's not to say there's not interaction. There definitely is. But the NBA seemed to be kind of on it a little bit more than uh, the NHL was in terms of playing to an empty arena. Not to say the NHL wasn't. Uh, it was kind of going around that San Jose was kind of getting at the forefront of this and going to be playing to an empty arena. I don't know if that's actually happened or not, but um, uh, you know, Golden State, the Golden State Warriors said they were going to play an empty arena. It just seemed to be going around. Things left and right are getting canceled. Uh, if you know me, I also do the the Enthusiast Life podcast with my buddy Mark which is a big geek culture podcast. And we talk about video games and comic books and television shows, stuff like that. And E3, which I've been to a handful of times, that is canceled. 
there's uh, I think Coachella was postponed or canceled. Just the list goes on and on and on about what this virus is touching. And now NBA has come out and suspended their season, has not canceled it, <clears throat> but has suspended it until further notice. And then it came out that the specific reason as to why was a player on the Utah Jazz had tested positive. So it wasn't just we want to suspend gameplay because of all of the ex- extreme circumstances. It's, you know, it's within one of our players. I, there's, I would venture to guess there's probably a hockey player that has it. <laughs> it we just haven't tested it for it yet. Uh, you know, when you think of scheduling, NBA and NHL go hand in hand. Their season is basically carbon copies of each other. How many arenas house both an NBA team and the NHL? Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets are, you know, two of those franchises. I it, the the NHL released a statement stating that they were aware, obviously, of the NBA's decision, and they would make a decision or make a statement uh, soon, probably in the morning. And it says, I'll just read it to you. The National Hockey League is aware of the NBA's decision to indefinitely suspend its season due to a player testing positive for the coronavirus. The NHL is continuing to consult with medical experts and is evaluating the options. We expect to have a further update tomorrow. To me, that that just sounds like we're just going to make sure we have our statements correct and we're going to do the same thing the NBA is going to do. So I think we need to kind of strap in and prepare for that. I I can't see how the the NHL goes on with games and business as usual if the NBA has done the complete opposite uh, for a number of reasons. And I'm not going to get into all those reasons right now, but the main one is safety for players and fans. Uh, the, the one that is in terms of monetary, the NCAA making that decision to remove fans from, from those games. And that might even change to we're suspending this tournament altogether. I think the first move is remove fans. That's seems to be the, the, uh, the MO for this thing right now is let's play games in empty arenas. And then now that even seems like that's not good enough. And we just have to cease games altogether. Um, I, I'm in the, you know, the East Coast. I'm in the the New York, up, upstate New York area, near near Albany, which is the the uh, capital, obviously, of New York. But Albany is not this massive city like New York City. It's a, it's a smaller sized city. So when and and they are getting the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. And to not have, even if they go on with it and do the thing where they don't have fans, that's a huge disappointment to monetarily for this this city. But you can't think about that because the, the monetary side of it doesn't matter. It, this is health of the nation. And, you know, it's it just it's the thing that needs to be done. So um, I would anticipate something being said tomorrow. Uh, I think something definitely will be said tomorrow. But even though, like I said, the the NHL and its players, 
even though they don't have the fan interaction in terms of hand-to-hand interaction that the NBA does, I think the NHL has to take the cue from the NBA and postpone these games because it's that's that's not the only thing. It's not just the interaction between the fans and the players. It's the fans and the fans. Whether if if you have no interaction between players and fans, great, but you have 20,000 people all sitting next to each other and it's going to spread regardless. So, you know, the between the fan and the player is almost meaningless. It's you have all of these people in the same room and this thing spreads like wildfire. So why are we doing this? Uh, I, I thought there would be an outside chance. They might even cancel this uh, avalanche ranger game, but that maybe was just too quick. We can't do that. I think you definitely could have done that. Wouldn't have been a popular move in the eyes of the fans because they're already there. But again, you have to take the mentality of, sorry, your your well-being is in our best interest right now. So it's just uh, we've never seen anything like this really before. Um, and it kind of just goes to show you how quickly things can change just on a world level. Not even a sports level, just a world level. So it's not to scare people. But it's just to say, like, we need to get ahead of this thing. And this is the best course of action in the in the only because we just do business as usual. You know, we're going to be living th- with this thing forever. So and we maybe we will be maybe it's going to be one of those things that pops its head up every once in a while. But to do nothing is maybe the dumbest thing you can do. I think the NBA was the first ones to do one. And now you will see to, to fully suspend something. And now you will see other things, probably NHL included, to follow suit, and maybe even the Olympics, even though that's, you know, in the summer and a few months away, they're not going to make a decision right now, but it could get to that level. Well, you will see. All right, so before we go any further, I kind of feel obligated to give a huge shout out to Fort Collins High goalie Sam Simon. This is kind of going around the interwebs. And uh, his team was playing for the national title for high school in the state of Colorado. And that game went to a five overtime session game. And he had 84 saves. And you would think, wow, if a five overtime game, you know, what was the score going into these overtimes was, you know, you'd figure it was maybe three, three, four, four, something like that. Nope. One nothing. So, uh, you know, 85 shots, you stop 84 of them. Well done, Mr. Simon, and you have nothing to hang your head about. Uh, obviously, you want to win that game. <laughs> you want to win every game, but when you make that many saves, uh, it would have made, made it that much sweeter to, you know, have the victory. But this is just the antithesis of you can't win them all, even when you make 84 saves. But... Uh, even in, you know, more people are talking about him in the losing effort than the, the winning team Valor, uh, who took the championship. So uh, congratulations to them and congratulations to Sam Simon. Cause that's, that's an incredible feat. 84 saves. I don't care. Uh, so moving on from this, not really moving on from it, uh, I guess an extension of the coronavirus issue. And, and like, listen, like there's nothing good that's, that's coming out of this or anything like that. Uh, but if the NHL does suspend the season, uh, you know, and Nathan McKinnon is, we got word that he is going to be out one to two weeks. Uh, 
So, you know, this could be like a break. Uh, I mentioned the Olympics kind of uh, is, is possibly on hiatus or who knows what they're going to do with the Olympics because it's a few months away. And granted, this is a summer Olympics, but all I'm getting at is, you know, a few years ago when they, when they or a few Olympics ago when they did use NHL players, NHL stopped for a couple weeks and players rested and relaxed to the ones that weren't playing in the Olympics, clearly. Uh, this could be utilized the same way, especially for Nathan McKinnon. So uh, if it happens, like I said, if, if you're going to pull any good, uh, maybe selfishly, <laughs> out of what's going on with this stuff, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon is probably in a self-quarantine anyway, being out for a couple weeks. So I don't think he's really doing too much with a lower body injury. Uh, if nobody else plays during that period of time, that only obviously benefits the entire Colorado Avalanche team. So, uh, But the way that they played tonight against the Rangers, the other side of this is um, he, and, and we talked about it the other day, how, how he has been on a, a scoring funk um, and the abs are doing just fine. So, I mean, it's completely different when his entire presence is gone. I get that. But they they proved they could they could handle the the rigors of a NHL game uh, without their best scorer scoring. And you know, like I said, he takes a lot of pressure off other players. Even when he's not scoring, he's still the best player on the ice, and other teams have to notice him. And when he's completely gone, it's a completely different scenario. So we'll talk about the Ranger game here in a few minutes, but I figured we would get into uh, some power rankings. But yeah, just to kind of wrap up the the Corona issue, we'll see what happens. And if they do decide to, to postpone the season or suspend the season for a little while, you know, for those injured players, you, you know, that's the, they're just going to utilize that as time that they can rest and relax and not have to worry that they're missing any more games uh, and come back fresh and healthy and, and maybe only missed a couple games or two. So it's the only, only positive thing you can take out of this entire thing. <laughs> Everything else about this whole virus thing sucks, basically. So moving on to some power rankings. We haven't done power rankings in a little while, so only going to do three of them right now. So we have some time to talk about the Avalanche Ranger game. That just finished up. So um, three of them, yeah. The one from CBS Sports. Uh, they they have the Rangers actually as the biggest mover. They moved up eight spots, and the Islanders uh, is the biggest dropper. At they dropped eight spots, um, but they have the Avalanche at number five, which is down a spot from the previous week. Uh, if you're wondering, they obviously have the Bruins at number one. They have the Flyers at number two, Vegas at number three, Blues at four, Avalanche at five, and they state the Avs have lost three of their last four, two of the three coming against the Ducks and the Kings. That's not good. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, more concerning is the lower body injury that knocked Nathan McKinnon out of Monday's game in LA and will side him for a few weeks. Colorado has been resilient in the face of injuries this year, but losing McKinnon is a brutal blow. Clearly, that's, you know, the, the talk right now is, uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon and his injury. And, and can the Avs sustain? They've been sustaining all year with injuries, but that's a different ballgame when, when your big guy goes down, your superstar goes down. So um, we'll see. We'll see 
that's that's right. I can't argue with anything that they say there. So I'm just gonna have to plug along. Sports Illustrated has Colorado at number four. Uh, they have them up one spot from number five. They say the, t- the Avs top line has outscored opponents six to one since sliding Vlad Nemetsnikov to the Nathan McKinnon Gabriel Landeskog line. Not like Colorado has desperately needed it as a team. Uh, as the team reached 90 points at the earliest point of the season since 2001 and McKinnon's heart campaign powers forward. I also will read something from NBC Sports after we do the NBC Power Ranking about the Hart Trophy rankings. Uh, and it's very interesting what they had to say. I'll get to that right after we get to the NHL Power Ranking for the Colorado Avalanche on NBC Sports. They also have them at number four. They don't say if they have them moved up or down from the previous one, but their blurb is very brief. Colorado's 8-1-1 in the last 10 games. So this was from before. This was from way earlier, uh, even with their injured top goalie, Philip Grubauer, out. So that's a little bit older one, but they still have them uh, pretty high. Now what NBC Sports has to say about um, the the Hart Trophy rankings, which they do, which is kind of cool, they update that all year long, is this. Well, first of all, I'll say that they, they have Nathan McKinnon still ranked number one, and this this was two days ago, so this is current. Um, they have they have it ranked or clustered into favorites, second-tier contenders, things like that, and they, they actually list 20 players, 18 players, which is good. So you just don't get your, your normal four or five guys that are there all year long. You kind of get some of those players that are still in the mix, probably won't win it, but they still talk about them and, and reasons why they should be at least somewhat mentioned honorably. Um, but for the favorites, you know, it, it's who, who you have heard all year long. Number five, they put Connor McDavid Four, they put Panarin three, they put Pasternak two, they put dry and one, they put Nathan McKinnon and it's going to be tough to argue come voting time. What they say is he might be the perfect candidate this season because he checks absolutely every box any MVP voter could possibly have. He is the best player on one of the league's best teams. He has helped carry that team through injuries. He is one of the league's top scorers and, at this point, one of the best overall players. There is not a single mark against him or his case at this point. You can't argue that. Uh, the, The Colorado Avalanche would not be in the position they are in if not for Nathan McKinnon, and is that not value is that not most valuable dry is having a great season and i think the 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 thing that we typically go to is just like okay who's got the most points he must be the mvp and that's not necessarily the case not taken away from his season he's been having an incredible season but when you look when you really look and dig at the numbers and look at what the avalanche have gone through i think he he's still up there and 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 i think what that little paragraph says right there sums it up perfectly. All right, one last piece of business to get to before we call it a day. That game. <laughs> Avalanche Rangers, what a game. Back and forth pretty much the entire game. Uh Avalanche take it in overtime on a, a I think the goal officially went to JT Comfer. Uh it, but it was McCarr who made that play. You could tell he was holding on to it long enough to rip the shot that he was looking for had a lot of English on it. Uh, and right at the end, it seemed like 
that seemed like Comfort got a, a stick on it to redirect it. But um, really, from start to finish, of you know your first game without your your all star, and you're playing a, a, a team on the Rangers that that have been been playing very well as of late. And you know Zabinajad was as advertised. He's been incredible as of late. Had their first goal. Panarin is really fun to watch. Uh, that pass he had with what was it 13 seconds left in the game there's a little bit of luck involved there on the redirect but still just he he passes unlike anybody i've seen in the league in a very long time he he's tough to tough to defend he can beat you so many ways uh but it it was going to be a tough game and and tough game just in the opponent and tough game without your top player and uh, I thought I thought Tyson Jost had a very good game. I thought the refs got it wrong on that uh, Landeskog goal. Would have been their second goal in really a short amount of time. They said uh, the Rangers goalie had froze the puck. I if you watch Landeskog's stick gets there right on time, and his stick is on it, and he's entitled to that. You know, moving it into the into the goal, and I think it should have been a goal, but. You can't review that because they, they call the play dead. You can't review it. Uh, the Nemetsikov goal was, let's see, that that was that was their second power play goal in as many power plays. So the power play looked a little bit different. It looked better, but how much different did it look not having Nathan McKinnon on the ice as the power play runs through him typically on a power play? But when he's not there, it seemed like a much more free-flowing power play and more guys were getting involved and there was less standing around like and they don't usually force it to Nathan McKinnon in a power play but they are going to find a way to get it to him naturally understandably uh but with him not there there was a lot more movement going on and a lot more passing going on and it just those first two uh, power plays that they scored that was my big question their defense has been good. Where are they going to get offense from? And Jost looked good early on. I feel, I feel like he tailed off towards the end of the game, but he looked really good. Um, I thought Nieto looked really good, and he's got speed. And it showed on that breakaway that led to the penalty shot, which he didn't capitalize on. But nonetheless, I thought he looked good. Um, Makar first came back three points. Wish he had that goal in the end to have a goal on the stat sheet, but I don't think he he. Well, I know he doesn't care. Uh, Nemetsikov played a good game. I just thought up and down they played a, a really good game. Now there was two scary moments. One might be a little bit more scary than the other. Landis guy getting hit in the mouth. That was just a stick to the face. At first, play happened so fast. I thought Zadorov was the one that hit Landis he was going to check a Ranger player, and I thought he, you know, he kind of like missed the check and hit Landeskog, but it actually was the Rangers player uh, stick coming up and nailing Landeskog in the mouth. Just lost a tooth. He was back out in the ice. But Donskoy got laid out again by Lemieux on the Rangers, completely uncalled for. He will probably be hearing from player safety on that one. Uh, Donskoy got a shot off, and a good two to three seconds later, 
Lemieux nails him right in the head. And it he, it was unimpeded. He had nobody in front of him. He could see Donskoy clear as day. He knew exactly what he was doing. And, I mean, if he was trying to succeed in get, getting him hurt for the rest of the game, and that happened towards the end of the game, if that was his thought, he succeeded in that. But completely uncalled for play. And uh, I, I thought, I thought you know, there's obviously some kinks to work out, not having Nathan McKinnon around. The Avalanche had a four-on-three power play, which was maybe the ugliest four-on-three power play I've ever seen in my life. And it was it was for a, a long period of time, almost a full two minutes, that they had this four-on-three power play. And it was with less than a minute left when they finally got set up for the first time. So things like that. It, that was ugly. Uh, Zabinijad had a breakaway on a power play towards the end of the game. That power play that Lemieux got on the hit on Donskoy was with a little bit over two minutes left. So you knew that, you know, if, if the Avs can either score on that power play or at least just run it out to its its full two minutes, there'd be less than a minute left in the game. And that's what happened. But Rangers had a lot of opportunities on the Avalanche power play. They held the, the puck in, in the Avalanche zone for a good amount of time down a man. So things like that, you know, it, those are going to happen. But... Uh, you just got to tighten up stuff like that. So I thought Francois was good. Really nice save with the leg. On, I think it was again on Zabinijad. Um Towards the end, he had a, a couple really high highlight real saves tonight. So he was good. The one that, that he gave up in the last minute with uh, 13 seconds left, it, just one of those things you can't really do anything about it. But they went into overtime. Avalanche typically are not the best and took it, got that extra point. Um, so yeah, overall I thought, I thought they played a a very good game. Like I said, when you're playing the first game without your all-star player, um, that might be a little bit daunting, but they were up to the task tonight and against a very good Ranger team. So, and yeah, and it's good to have camel car back. Clearly you lose someone of like Nathan McKinnon's caliber. You want somebody of camel cars caliber back. I'm not saying it's a 100% one-to-one trade-off, but it's pretty damn close. So, got the two points, and that's good. So, day off, and then right back at it again on Friday. So, we will preview, and who are they playing? I think, uh, let me bring that up really quick here. They are playing Vancouver again. So, we'll preview that game tomorrow. And that's going to be it for today, guys. Big two points for the Avalanche. So enjoy the off day. Hopefully we'll get some more news on some injured players coming back. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!